Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. She spends her time drinking in the spirits, tasting the great food the Twin Cities have to offer, and writing for Minneapolis St. Paul magazine. But what she really enjoys is taking you off the menu. A tour guide for your taste buds. Here's Dara. I am so here. I am at the Back to the 50s car show. It is such a beautiful day. We're at the state fairgrounds. I have seen at least 10 cars that I deeply need. Some of them were a Corvette and a Bel Air. The paint jobs that people do, the work that people do is amazing. I will warn you, you may hear some noises on this show because there have been some beautiful jets above the head doing a thing it's amazing um but here's what's going on we have the very exclusive keg and case preview show if you are living in foodie twin cities we have been waiting and waiting and waiting this is the transformation of the old schmidt brewery on 7th street you know the one it dominates that whole part of the city it's a regal castle like edifice that used to make beer for everybody and then it got shut down that was a great blow it's coming back there's artist housing all kinds of things in different parts of the complex but the public part of it is opening in august one part of it is called keg and case marketplace it's the old uh, keg storage and used grain storage part of the experience and it was just kind of a big rectangle box and now it's getting filled with more than 20 different vendors and so there will be these really fancy things like a cotton candy stand and a guy who's growing mushrooms on site we had that that guy on the show a couple weeks ago wasn't that amazing now we've got the rest of the crew including the people doing a brewery i know how natural is that there's brewing on the schmidt brewery site oh my god everything old is new again and we've got the folks from clutch brewing the folks from another stand called worker bee that are doing local honeys and then exotic honeys and then um the cotton candy people so we're gonna just get you all the information this is so exclusive don't go anywhere unless you're here at the car show and then come come in front of the booth so you need to see this. All right, so I would like to welcome first to the show uh, the, the crew from Clutch Brewing. So Clutch Brewing is Jordan Standish and Max Bokey. You guys, I got a little sneak peek. I saw as part of the tap room being built. It's beautiful. How do, Is it like steampunk? Is that the vibe you're going for? Not really. I think we're more, uh, it, you know, it's a pretty industrial building, and we're trying to go a little more uh, retro classy with that sort of Victorian, that kind of feel. So smoke lounge-esque, that kind of deal. It's so cool. So you're up on the second, it's like a balcony level that wraps around the building, and you're going to have a tap room up there, and you're also brewing up there. Correct, yeah. We have uh, the tap room. Uh, takes up half the mezzanine, essentially. There's going to be a, a bar um, that overlooks some of the restaurant tenants below, and then we're also going to have a lounge museum part of the tap room um, where we have four or five nooks with more comfortable furniture, some coffee tables, and then display cases in each nook as well 
with some uh, old Schmidt artifacts and history. Um, really? Kinda, kinda it's pain. like a museum space. Like you're going to get to see some of the history and really yep. see it right It'll there? It'll be integrated into the, the lounge area, and it's kind of paying tribute to the huge brewing history that that building has, has had over the last 150 years. I mean, really huge. I mean, it's a, it's, you know, it's the, I don't know why I say Taj Mahal, like it's the landmark of brewing in St. Paul, and you're... And not to put pressure on you, but you're doing the brewing there. It's never been done. It's definitely an honor, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, so give me a little preview. So aside from museum booths, which sound amazing, that's like the beer part of me and the history nerd part of me is both happy. Like, that never happened. <laughs> so what are you going to be making? So we, uh, Max and I, um, we've been home brewing for about 10 years, and we, we've been in and out of the, the beer industry and uh, gotten some experience in different parts of the industry. Um, we've always wanted to uh, have our own business. We've worked for small businesses our entire life, so um, opening Clutch Brewery has been a great experience. Um, over those years, we like to experiment with a lot of different ingredients in our beers. Um, we have a certain affinity for smoked beers, I will say that, so we'll probably always have one or two smoked beers on tap. Uh, and so that, that when you do a smoked beer, you're not like setting a fire inside Keg and Case. You're, you're you buy a smoked malt, or do yep. you smoke them yourself? Yep, they smoke the malt, and then you can purchase that from the supplier. Oh, that's almost like a groovy, interesting ingredients. You're gonna because you're able to make both big batches and small batches. Uh, so our system, uh, it's a ten barrel system, so it's not, you know, extravagant. It's not huge. Um, so all of our batches are going to be relatively small compared to uh, other breweries in the industry. Um, so that gives us a lot of freedom to experiment with different ingredients. Um, we're really looking forward to all the collaborations that are possible with different tenants in the market. You know, you got Worker Bee with honey, uh, maybe even some cotton candy beer further down the line for the state fair, something like that. Or mushroom beer. Or mushroom beer. Oh, <laughs> is it? Yeah. We'll see the, what happens. The stunt beer. Where, where do you fall in the crazy stunt beers of the state fair? Well, we, we don't know yet. We we'll, don't know we'll yet. See what, we'll, we'll see, see where what the money happens is. next year, yeah. <laughs> I uh, have I have such strong feelings about all of it. I try all of it, and then I don't. I hate some of it, and I love part of it, and it's just I'm just an ethical mess at the end. I'm just like I love it, I hate it, I don't do it more. I don't even know what I want to say about this these chocolate chip cookie beers and you know spam beers and all these things. Um, all right, so you're gonna be in there. You're like you're the you have the pressure to get done first. Because you can't, like, if they open and you don't have beer, that's not going to be good. Yeah, no, we've been in there pretty much every day working, uh, Max and his dad especially. I mean, we wouldn't have uh, our tap room and our brewery the way it is now without those guys. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're hustling along. We're getting close, putting the finishing touches on at least the production side so we can get our first batch brewed in the next couple of weeks here. So you'll be in there, like, if I just happen to break down the door and get inside, like, you'll be inside brewing starting like two weeks from now yep about two weeks wow and so what do you tell people when you tell them like we're making this foodie destination because in the office at the magazine at minneapolis st paul we've just been kind of like is it gonna be disneyland or is it gonna be less than that <laughs> like is it what do you tell them max well it's it's actually kind of interesting i mean when we were when we were fundraising for this too you know we had all our plans drawn we had pictures and everything doing our best to describe it to everybody but once people actually walk in the building it's like we had no idea it was going to be like this that's the reaction from everybody so the things i've heard about the future plans are going to have an ice rink outside and a farmer's market outside it'd be a small amphitheater i mean a, even a small place outside for music it, it sounds like this is going to be 
a big part of the life on 7th Street. I think so, too. I think it's going to be a, a great thing for the community, for sure. And we're hoping to have some events out there ourselves. I mean, speaking of car shows, we'd love to have a car show or something like that, you know, just getting the community together and, and having fun down at the West 7th Market. This car show is beyond the beyond. I've never been. I told people at work, again, at the magazine, I was like, I've never been to the car show. And they're like, what is wrong with you? Are you even an American? You could go see all of these incredible cars. And I guess, I, yes, it's true. It is so worth it. It's amazing out here. All right, you guys, Clutch Brewing. You got any last words for the people? Coming soon. Come down, check out the Cake and Case Market. Yep, and thank you for having us, Derek. Oh, thank you for thank having you. us on. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to find out a little much more about Worker Bee, a man who tangles with honeybees. Dara here. Yeah, we are doing an all-sneak peek exclusive for WCCO listeners of the big keg and case market complex that's coming. So this is taking the one of the side buildings at that enormous castle edifice of Schmidt Brewery and turning it into a place with 20 food vendors. There's going to be a corner table restaurant, you know, the kind of elite chefy chef place. They're doing something called In Bloom. I've seen the hearth for this thing. They're going to do vegetable cooking inside. It's big enough to stand in. It is the biggest hearth I've ever seen in a commercial restaurant. It's it looks it's really looks medieval. Um, and then there's going to be all these vendors inside, including the uh, crew from Worker Bee who are here today. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. So I need you so much closer here at the car show. All right, let's try again. Welcome, Worker Bee. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Now we have it under control here. Well, at least there are no fighter jets overhead at this exact second. So, Michael, Michael, tell me what you're going to be doing with your stand at this new Keg and Case complex. So with Worker Bee, um, we're kind of making a little personal honey experience um, exploring the regular we have honeybees from the immediate local area with some of our own hives in Minnesota and into Wisconsin and, and then really um, showing off our beekeeper friends from uh, all over and exploring what local beekeeping really can be you know, kind of independent of that geography and you brought some different honeys for me to try which I'm very grateful for and what and some of them I've never had uh, eucalyptus yeah, and so that, that really kind of exemplifies what we're doing or what we're going to be doing here at Keg and Case with the honey. Um, so just as we source uh, from the immediate area 20 minutes, 20 miles away, um, through our many years of bee-related work, uh, we've developed contacts all over the United States, into Canada, and into uh, Uruguay for this eucalyptus honey. Um, Uruguay? What? Yeah, so it's, it's actually a father and son duo down there, uh, Fernando and his dad, uh, Geronimo, if they're listening today. Um, <laughs> From and so Uruguay. by, yeah, right. <laughs> Uruguay, shout out. We do everything here. We've got the 1962 Bel Air or whatever, and Uruguay. <laughs> yeah. But really, but because we can maintain those personal connections with beekeepers, kind of independent of the location, we're able to source a very local honey. Uh, kind of independent of that geography. So that beekeeping team, very important to their community. Um, they built their bee program up over the years, um, and we're fortunate enough to receive that up here. And we'll be showing off them and, I don't know, 40 to 50 other beekeepers uh, at the keg and case space there. Yeah, so if people don't know, you know, the, the basic mechanics of honey, right, is that a, a honeybee goes in to a flower, pulls out some nectar, uh, brings it back, 
does some honeybee magic. And so the, the individual honeys can taste like the basically the flora, the little flowers of the world that they come from. Absolutely. And that's where we get into the kind of local without the geographical restriction because um, up here in the Midwest, we have very diverse flowers over a short period of time. And so even the same beehives can put out several flavors or varieties or moments in honey uh, throughout the year. Um, yeah, I remember Ames uh, from Ames, I tried it up dandelion honey one year, which is kind of the, one of the first flushes of, of blooms that come out. And it was it was distinct. I mean, it had a butter taste to it. Yeah, and dandelion honey is kind of one of those that can really takes on the personality of spring, regardless of where it's kind of sourced from. So you get a lot of orchard mixture in with the dandelion. or um, But dandelion is very important to the honeybee to get started in the springtime which we kind of didn't have this year. <laughs> Instant summer in Minnesota. And then I think the, the intro honey that people always try that's so explicitly different is the buckwheat. I mean, it, it looks like molasses. It's so dark. Yeah, it can be a very polarizing honey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're very little middle ground sometimes. But, no, honey can go very, very light, um, like things like basswood honey or the dandelion, all the way into very dark, deep, brown black colors like buckwheat and very distinct the buckwheat in our strident media environment even the honey uh table is uh, is broken by strife and <laughs> all right we'll talk about that and so when you're when you are at worker bee you already have something at the mall of america but worker bee will be uh, at this new keg and case thing that'll be different yeah and so i mean we do have the mall of america store um kind of flashy you know it's the shiny big uh, honey experience. Uh, keg and case is kind of back to how we, well, how we like to do it. A little more personal, uh, kind of the the real intimate honey collection where um, you come in, we talk about honey, we try a few things, and we really find the honey that's right for you, whether it's something that's rich and fruity, something like that uh, eucalyptus, more butterscotchy, um, or even just uh, good old sweet clover, nice cinnamon-toned honey there. So, and so it'll be kind of a little more hands-on. People will be able to come in, learn about honey. Absolutely. And, and to get back to the flower thing, too. And so a lot of times with beekeepers, we'll get kind of early season and late season honey um, and just how the same beehives can put out two, three kinds of honey throughout the year. But we're really looking to explore that, whether it's here or for my friend in Spain or just from all over the world, kind of early season, late season. And uh, just how the wildflowers reflect um, what the honeybees seeing. So. All right. Well, look, we don't have a ton of time, but let me just get a quick update. How are what is the honeybee scene with all of these mites and exactly. poisons and terrible you problems they have? I no. did. I did. <laughs> um, very much going on still, uh, but it, it's a complicated issue, and a lot of it stems from some of the pesticide and the agricultural control uh, to loss of habitat or forage. But um, it's kind of more of a reaction to how we use the honeybee in the agricultural world. Um, you know, we do big monocrop agriculture, which demands pollination be brought to it. Uh, pollinators themselves can't necessarily live at the almond farm, so we have to bring that pollination right, to it. Right, they only get flowers one part of the, exactly. one part of the year. Exactly, you know, and they're heavily controlled so that, you know, pollinators of any sort, bumblebees and mason bees, okay, can't so survive. The, so, sh the shorthand is that yeah, the ongoing crisis is still ongoing? Yeah, and very much so. I mean, we have to understand the, its position in the bigger food 
industry. I know there's, there's just a crisis yeah. every week, and and the crisis of the honeybees can't get can't compete with all of the things. Well, huh. we're we're kind of managing the honeybee, something more like the bumblebee, very very much endangered because just from lack loss of habitat here in the Midwest. So I saw the other day that the western honeybee, which is a takes up most of the western part of or western bumblebee, it takes up most mm. of the western part of the United States, is like suddenly endangered. Oh yeah, very much so. Um, and and we're gonna lose them far before we lose the honeybee, which we do a little more managed kind of livestock situation well we're ending on a down note so <laughs> sorry <let's go>. no. <laughs> so support your local beekeepers people and make space in your heart and your news feed for the plight of these poor guys they do so much for us it's all honeybees all right michael sedlicek from worker bee thank you for coming at the new keg and case thing. Hey, you got it excited to be there and hope to see you in person there around uh, you the will. opening i think i'll be there constantly <laughs> all right we come back we're getting we're ending on a sweet note with cotton candy Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, Dara is here. I am back. Here's what we're doing. We're getting this very exclusive preview of a keg and case marketplace that's coming to the old Schmidt Brewery. Do you know how hard I work to get these people here today? You probably don't. You probably think, like, oh, this is not a big deal. This is such a big deal. It is so, it's going to change St. Paul, you know, or not, or maybe I'm just overhyping it. I am so excited about this, though. It's, I really want a place to go. You know, it's February, you're kind of get cabin fever, and they've got a new place to go that's going to be all, have live events and ice skating and beer and cotton candy. So here's who I've got with me now. Ben Smith from this new place. It's called Spinning Wild. They do gourmet cotton candy. And I know you're thinking, that's not a thing. It is a thing. They do all of these flavors. Like I tried a few today. Honey Rose, um, Jalapeno Pineapple one, the Blood Orange. So they get the flavorings into the sugar. That makes sense, right? Why has no one done this before? Then they have they put up a menu of like 20 options. You get it to order. It's so neat. All right, Ben Smith from Spinning Wild. Thank you for doing this. Well, thanks for having me. Ben. All right, so this is like a phenomena. You have um, you you did a pop up at the Mall of America, and people are just like, I didn't know the cotton candy could be in another flavor other than pink and blue. What? Well, yeah, you know, and we kind of ask ourselves the same question, like, why has nobody done this yet? <laughs> but, hey, nobody has, and here we are. We're filling, filling a void, hopefully. And did you, like, was there a eureka moment where you were just, like, sitting there with a bag of squashy blue cotton candy, and you were like, we can do better? <laughs> well, kind of. You know, it, this is really kind of spearheaded by my wife. I, I work for her, and she's a tough boss, I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, but she's always enjoyed, she will always buy cotton candy at the fair, but she never ate it. She never really enjoyed eating it. But she always thought it was really magical and, and pretty. And so she'd buy it, she'd have a little bit, and then the rest would get tossed. Um, but we were just, we, we were just kind of me- messing around. We bought a cotton candy machine for fun for our niece's birthday party. Uh, about a year ago, and <laughs> we're coming up on a year now. And uh, uh, she had an opportunity to be in a festival that we always liked going to, and we didn't know what we would do. Um, but we had always had secret dreams of a food truck or something like that, something mobile. And we had that kind of candy machine, so we just said, hey, let's do that. And, and we went to work on 
adding flavors, and she has not stopped. We actually have over 60 flavors now. Oh, you yeah. do? She just keeps going. She's crazy. She doesn't stop. <laughs> I, one of the things I like about what you do is that it, like, a lot of times, like, if you get old cotton candy, you don't realize how terrible it is. Like, it's just very dense and not good. And your cotton candy is always, like, spun like air. It's just a vapor. It's nice when you get it right away. You know, so everything, having everything made to order, and it'll keep too, uh, depending on the environment it's in, but it can keep for a, a real long time. And stay. Can it? Absolutely. In the winter, especially when it's not very humid, humidity is the big, the big killer for cotton candy. So um, if you can keep it cool and dry, it can last for months. And it doesn't ever really go bad, but it will turn into, you know, that rock candy at some point. Um, or it That's gets funny. more and more dense. And so if I come way. to, you know, so hopefully, knock on wood, y'all are going to open in August. And if I come in September, uh, I'll just be able to walk up there and you'll get the old-fashioned, like it'll be a menu and then I'll get the old-fashioned paper stick and I'll just walk out with a big poof of cotton candy? We'll probably have them on wood sticks. We're going um, for compostable whenever we can. Um, and then if you take it to go, you get it in a, a recyclable del- clear deli container that's dressed up with cuteness. Um, yeah, you brought me one that has a little bow yeah, on it. It's we, so cute. It I looks like a little girl. You know, my wife makes those. She cuts them out and sends them to the family for assembly. So everything is very much a, a family business right now. Um, and we're kind of just trying to scale up to, to, to run with Keg and Case. And, but, yeah, she cuts those out and, and makes them all, all the time. The, the paper bows have actually turned into quite the phenomenon. People will sit there and, and we'll let them pick them out for their package. Aww. We've had people sit there for over an hour looking through all the bows. And, um, you know, it's not common but it's happened more than once <laughs> oh and it's such an instagram thing right too because you get the yes. big you get the big cloud of cotton candy on the wooden stick and then you're that's it that's what yeah we call them cloud pops yeah so oh, you call them big... cloud yeah. pops yeah oh, that's so that's on the stick and then our puff tubs are the containers to go all right spinning wild i think this is so cute you're going to be opening at this keg and case and it's just such a nice little thing i have kids Nothing makes my daughter happier than cotton candies. It's just, just why hasn't it been here before? So I love it. Yeah, well, I think you're tapping into kind of really the, the, the kind of the heartbeat of what we're doing and, and that we're making cotton candy, but really what we're doing is producing smiles. And that's it. And that's kind of a tagline for us is spinning out smiles. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, you know, we, it, it's really interesting to watch people just light up over something that's so simple and it's it is it's ethereal it's magical it's just all of a sudden it comes out of nowhere you know and it tastes really good and it takes you back it strikes a nostalgic cold chord for people and um you know kids love cotton candy yeah we all know that but it the reaction that really gets us excited is when we get adults just going kind of bananas overall um and it makes it, it just it makes it all worthwhile i mean we're we're very much a startup, and we're working really hard, but it's it's easy to do when you make people happy. I didn't realize you were such an entrepreneurial story that you bought this for a niece's birthday party a year ago, and now you've got, you're just about to open for everybody. That's... It, it's moving quick. It's moving quick. We were just at a small, we were messing around last summer, um, just popping up at a few festivals, and at one of them, we were asked to be part of that extended kind of marketplace in the Mall of America, which has turned it into a business. So we've been trying to keep up over the winter and into the spring, and now Keg and Case found us there and asked us to be a part of that, and that was a no-brainer because uh, you are right. I think people are in for a surprise. They, 
we, we can tout it as much as we want, but until you walk into the space, you don't really get the, the real sense of how cool this place is going to be. You're going to be able to get a cotton candy, take it upstairs, have a beer. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. That's you know, the, some champagne and put been, the cotton candy in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen the, 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 the cheese market has all of these plans to have cheese tastings, and then they'll kind of fold in the, I imagine the worker bee honey, and you'll be able to yeah. do the, those pairings. and. We did, we did, uh, um, so we were popped up at the herbivores, I don't know if it's herbivores or herbivores, butcher um, in Northeast on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, and we had a, a, a orange habanero vegan cheese that we wrapped, I think it was... Oh no, don't tell me I you did think, cheese wrapped cotton candy. Blood this, orange around okay, there? Now we can't it was, talk anymore. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Ben Smith from Spinning Wild, I'm really excited about what you're doing. Thanks for coming down to the Classic Car Show here at WCCO. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So here's what we got. Next week, I've got Kristen Lawless. She's been on the show before. She's a writer with a book. She's got a big book. It's all about uh, what happens when we eat processed food all the time. It's called Formerly Known as Food. So we'll get into that. As always, we've got recipes up at WCCO.com. Thought, how can you tie in recipes to the Back to the 50s car show? Well, I did. I got a bunch of kind of classic recipes of the stars. I've got um, Judy Garland's salad dressing. You're just like, that's not a thing. That is a thing. Judy Garland was once young Francis Gum from northern Minnesota, and she had a family recipe. It made it into one of those star magazines. And now it made it onto the WCCORadio.com slash Dara or WCCORadio.com slash menu, however you want to get there. It's up. It's very funny. I've got a bunch of recipes. from. It's a good recipe. It's just very funny that Judy Garland has a salad. Um, and then we've also got um, uh, brown derby recipes from the big, you know, star-studded 1950s. So those are all up. Um, if you are down at the MSRA Back to the 50s Car Show, swing on by. Come say hi at WCCO. We love to see you. I've met a few people on the breaks. It's really fun. If you have any questions for next week, send them to me on Twitter at Deirdara, and I hope you have the tastiest possible week. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.